This is the APS China Monthly, May 2023. China's Entrepreneurial Spirit by Wang Kangning. Since China joined the World Trade Organization in 2001, it has strived to become the factory of the world, supplying all the products that it is able to produce. The first 10 years of its more active participation in global trade had been a time when the world got to know the term, quote, made in China, unquote, from apparels, toys, and chemicals to industrial equipment or consumer electronics, products made in China are everywhere. But despite the massive amount of exports, China's share of value add had been very low, since it does not have many homegrown designs or intellectual property. As iPhones plainly put, quote, designed by Apple in California, assembled in China, unquote. It was therefore a surprise when Huawei, within a span of just several years, stepped up onto the world stage and became a leader for telecom equipment and consumer electronics. These unprecedented achievements by a Chinese company are underpinned by its cutting-edge research and development to provide a first-class consumer experience. By all measures, Huawei became a technology leader at a time when original innovation was so scarce in China. Huawei Origins Starting with USD 3000 In October 1987, Ren Zhenfei, at the age of 44, lost his job in a state-owned oil field services company. In those days, being fired by an SOE bracket, state-owned enterprise close bracket, would mean the end of a career in the SOE system. To survive, Ren was left with no choice but to pool his savings with four partners and start a new business. The money they put together was merely USD 3000, but they gave the new company an awe-inspiring name, Huawei, meaning China for achievement. From that humble beginning, Huawei continues to achieve milestone after milestone. A basic instinct for survival was deep-rooted in Ren since his early childhood. One question Ren always asked his team is, quote, Do you want to get fame or enough to eat? Unquote. Growing up as the eldest son in a family that was in severe poverty, he had to constantly starve himself in his teenage years so that all his six younger brothers and sisters could survive. He was eventually the only child that the family could afford to send to university. After graduation, he enlisted in the army and was sent to Liaoning province to build a textile fiber factory. His harsh working experiences in the northeastern province further built up a resilient character that ultimately came to define Huawei. Having served as a combat engineer, Ren never shied away from referring to Huawei as a troop and his employees as soldiers. In fact, the first book recommended by Ren to the Huawei Training Center was, quote, the West Point Way of Leadership, unquote, by U.S. Army Colonel Larry Donathon. Cutthroat competition is the norm for the IT industry. Incumbent and startup players all race to get hold of the most advanced technology. Lagging competitors by a few months would sometimes mean death for a company, 
for Huawei, they are competing with global giants like Cisco or Lucent Technologies. Building a world-class company with strategic-minded lions and process-oriented monkeys. Quote, Mac culture, unquote, is often cited by Huawei veterans as a hallmark of their success. In the early years, every new employee was given a mat on their first day of work and from that day on, they would spend numerous nights in the lab or clients' server rooms sleeping on the mats. In simmering summers and freezing winters, these young engineers would work day and night to troubleshoot every single technical problem. The quote, mat culture, unquote, proved an indispensable weapon for Huawei to survive in the uneven battlefield. The spirit of relentless dedication lives on. Unfazed by their powerful global rivals, some engineers proudly call themselves strategic-minded siege lions. Bracket, Gongchenshi, close bracket. While many more would rather self-deprecatingly refer to themselves as process-oriented monkeys. Gongchenshi and the process-oriented monkeys are phonetically identical to the Mandarin terms for engineer and programmer. In the winter of 1993, when Huawei just finished research on C and CO8, its first digital telephone switch with self-developed intellectual property, these lions and monkeys would set off to China Telecom's Yiwu City branch in Zhejiang province to install the first C and CO8 switch, which was essentially just an untested prototype. Huawei had invested millions of yuan into this model and used up all its capital. For Huawei and its C and CO8, failure was not an option. Huawei engineers worked endlessly in the EU branch's frigid server room, testing and revising the prototype. Glitches would pop up all the time. After two months of debugging, they finally delivered their first digital switch order. Minor technical problems would still occur occasionally after the delivery, but each time Huawei would respond and solve the problems immediately. The earnestness of Huawei's engineers really gained the EU branch head's respect and he recommended Huawei to all his business contacts. Orders for C and CO8 skyrocketed and it became the best-selling digital switch in China. But more importantly, the SDH bracket, Synchronous Digital Hierarchy close bracket, technology used in its second-generation models was the first and most advanced of its kind in the world. For the first time, Huawei's technology was at about the same level as the global leaders. Aim for the sky. C and CO8 was also the first product Huawei managed to sell into the international market. First to Hong Kong in 1996, then in 1997 to Russia and other emerging markets. A major setback came in 2003 when it failed to enter British Telecom's supplier list. However, this setback would ultimately be the historic event that elevated Huawei to the status of the number one global telecom equipment supplier. In November 2003, BT's procurement team came to Shenzhen 
to conduct due diligence on Huawei and its suppliers. BT was regarded as probably having the most stringent procurement requirements. The due diligence covered 12 areas, including corporate management system, R&D system, quality control system, sustainability program, as well as human rights practices. If Huawei could get BT's certification, that would effectively be an admission ticket into the tight circle of top global telecom carriers. Huawei took it really seriously, but after four days of close inspection and evaluation, BT said, no. Huawei's scoring in technology and production infrastructure was high, but in some, quote, soft, unquote, areas, such as fulfillment capabilities or organizational visibility, Huawei failed miserably. The certification officers gave their candid advice in their concluding remarks. Quote, Is Huawei a kaleidoscope, a toolbox, or an exposition? We can see all sorts of management tools in your company, but they are all scattered around and we cannot see an integrated system. Unquote. For Ren and his team, that was their moment of awakening. To compete in the developed markets, just having up-to-date technology or a ferocious sales team was not enough. A unified information system, unified philosophy, and a unified procedure, all designed to serve customer needs, is the foundation of a truly global corporation. Huawei must overcome this hurdle. In the next two years, Huawei spent hundreds of millions of yuan to enhance its internal organization and management system. With help from the consulting firm Mercer, Huawei redesigned its senior management structure. In 2004, it created an eight-member executive management team to work together with the CEO, with the chair rotating every six months. This structure had proved to be consistently highly effective for strategic decision-making. This rotating chair structure is uncommon across the globe, even in China. Rotating among heads of departments encompassing R&D, marketing, production, procurement, finance and more, the mechanism brings a diversity of perspectives, priorities and backgrounds in leadership. It frees up Ren's time while giving this influential and visionary leader the benefit of reviewing decisions and recommendations distilled by this committee mitigating the risk of a single key person making too many wrong decisions. It also builds teamwork by making it less likely that one department will run roughshod over the others. In December 2005, Huawei was finally certified by BT and became a peer to the global technology giants that they had looked up to for so long. Future Huawei's Innovance was founded by Zhu Xingming and his partners in 2003, with most of the founders coming from Huawei. Disagreeing with Emerson's conservative approach after Huawei's divestment in 2001, they decided to start their own firm to tap the immense opportunities in China's automation industry, which was dominated by international names like Siemens and ABB then. In its initial years, Innovance focused on frequency converters for segments neglected by foreign companies, such as elevators and water pumps. After achieving success in these segments, it moved into segments with higher technological content and also new product categories in industrial automation. First, in servo drives and motors, 
then PLCs, bracket, programmable logic controllers, close bracket, automotive control systems, and industrial robots. It has consistently invested around 10% of each year's revenue in R&D to grow into China's leading domestic automation system provider. Today, its R&D team consists of more than 3,500 researchers from offices and facilities across Asia and Europe. Besides Innovance, a host of successful companies were also founded by former employees from Huawei, MacMe Electrical, DP Tech Technologies, Sang4 Technologies, just to name a few. Even the casual observer can notice the Huawei DNA in these Huawei cubs. The phenomenal success of Huawei epitomizes the successful development of Shenzhen from a fishing village to China's innovation powerhouse. The hard-working engineers, factory workers, and enterprising founders came to this promising special economic zone 40 years ago when China opened itself to the global supply chain and embraced practical and liberal economic policies. MindRay is also an industry leader that started in Shenzhen. It is often regarded as the, quote, Huawei of medical devices, unquote, though the only overlap it has with Huawei is coincidentally an office building in which both rented offices. Although it does not share any Huawei DNA, its ascendance has been equally extraordinary. In 1991, Li Xiting and his six partners founded MindRay. All the founders worked as scientific researchers before and all had very strong technical backgrounds. They came together with the vision of bringing innovative, high-quality and affordable healthcare solutions to the world. In 1992, the company released its first self-developed product, a blood pulse oximeter. With a, with a persistent focus on innovation, MindRay made bold inroads into medical device segments that used to be oligopolies, patient monitoring systems, medical imaging systems, laboratory diagnostics, and many more. Its investment into R&D has also been maintained at about 10% of its revenue, with 3,500 scientists and engineers working in 10 research centers around the globe. Common Factors for Success APS looks for the common factors that drove Huawei's success in other companies that could drive investment alphas. Entrepreneurial Drive Quote, Mad Culture Unquote Quote, Aiming for the Sky Unquote Doing Quote, Whatever It Takes Unquote Diligence Strategic Mindedness Being Process Minded and perseverance as some of the key elements that led to the enormous success of Huawei in a relatively short amount of time. Companies like Innovance, MindRay, Zhejiang Jingshen and Subcon have exhibited these qualities and have themselves become industry leaders. We believe the Chinese entrepreneurial DNA has been the single most important driver of China's economic success. A wealthy retiring Chinese entrepreneur told our CIO over a private dinner recently, quote, Don't worry about my and other entrepreneurs' retirements. There will be more than enough young Chinese willing to take the risk of the entrepreneurial route if there are opportunities. Unquote. Do not be surprised to see many more Huawei's emerging in the coming years. Wang Kangning, CFA, 
is the head of investment strategy of APS Asset Management. He has been with APS since April 2004 and has 20 years of experience in the fund management industry. He was previously with Philips Securities Private Limited as an analyst from January 2003 to April 2004. Mr. Wang has a Master's in Engineering from the National University of Singapore and a Bachelor's Degree from Shanghai Jiao Tong University.